0: happy friday everyone how are you and welcome back to another episode of the best minutes podcast where each week the movies by minutes team hosts examine the 1946 william wyler directed film the best years of our lives one minute of screen time per episode hello everyone it is friday and it's minute 40 and it's (gasps) start playing in your head joe harnell's lonely man theme from the 70s tv show incredible hulk it's my last day (laughs) 10 episodes you've had me you've had me (laughs) Hmm. And I, now I'm about to leave the building kicked out, basically, even though I've got both hands, like William Wyler, Jim is kicking me off the show for another, uh, for another host. It's, it's not me. It's, it,
1: it's the grinding, it, it's the grinding <laughs> machinery of time
0: itself. It is. Uh, it is. Uh, and without further ado, you've heard his voice. You know him, you love him. Over to you, Jim O'Kane, my, uh, my co-pilot. Thank uh, you.
1: Here we are at, uh. And we're listening to uh, you know, if you're gonna go out, at least uh, Hoagie, Hoagie's playing you out today, so that's <laughs> that's good. You've got Hoagie Carmichael behind you, the man who wrote "Star Does to Ho- Heart and Soul," and the song he's playing, "Up a Lazy
0: River." So. Hoagie Carmichael's stuff is in more TV shows than I'm in this year, so I doff my hat to him. <laughs> he, he gets more work dead than I do alive. What do you, what do you think of that, listeners? <sighs> Don't take that as life directions, but it's yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's. I
1: just found out that Hoagie Carmichael, there is a. There is a music box at the base of... I've got to check. My son lives in Portland, Oregon. There's a music box at the base of a bridge in Portland, Oregon that if you press a button, it will play uh, up a lazy river for oh. you. Out in the middle of nowhere. So you can hear hear Hoagie Carmichael playing. How and is he it not n-
0: affected by weather time or people stomping it or hitting it, with a baseball bat? The,
1: the thing looks like one of those walk buttons that you see at a, at a traffic intersection. Okay. It's, one of those, it's very sturdy, and apparently you can... Have a municipalized Upalazy uh, River playing for you right there at the base of a bridge built into the side of the bridge. Oh. So stunning! It's the Cathedral Bridge in Portland, Oregon. So now I have to go there and, and push that button. It's, it's, it's one like of those a good luck
0: charm, I think, for uh, people to like to for a road to Damascus like uh, journey.
1: <laughs> wow. Well, uh, we're watching in this particular minute. We're watching mm-hmm. Butch's playing up uh, river and mm-hmm. uh, and so he's trying to have a heart-to-heart with uh with homer and homer's just talking about everybody's treating him being being mean by being
0: nice and he's like it'll settle down just uh you know chill out yeah. and everything it'll fall into place basically
1: yeah yeah but uh then he points <laughs> then he gets all uh kafka-esque he's very Joseph of hillary here saying oh well, unless unless we have another war then none of us will have to worry because we'll all be
0: blown to bits the first day so
1: it's a look forward to
0: <laughs> kafka, he wrote uh, metamorphosis is that correct yes yes there is he, he is from though. this era as he first world war
1: uh he would be so, first world world post first world war in, into okay. the into the 20s yeah the, the teens and the 20s
0: all i know so. is that he did metamorphosis i was in that play basically at college and oh, really i can't barely remember anything i played gregor samsa this is how far back this is i can't really remember it and i think kafka was a german-speaking jew so jew so he's kind of rejected by both yeah i guess sides in the war and i think metamorphosis was uh descriptive and i guess the play was about the isolation and kind of you know that you had nowhere to turn you were kind of yeah bug essentially to like uh, or viewed as by both sides not trusted by either party as It it were
1: he he wrote a he wrote a similar one a short story called The Hunger Artist mm. where he uh, it was a man who would uh, f- he was uh, phenomenal at a at a sideshow for a circus yeah. in not eating and they would count how many days he didn't eat and uh, he he eventually was breaking his old records by by weeks and weeks and he would get he was up to a hundred days and a hundred and thirty days and uh, his his part in the circus became less interesting as he just got weaker and weaker. And uh, eventually, people stop noticing that he was there anymore, and he dies. <laughs> and uh, after after a while, the circus is like, "Oh, we've got an empty cage," and they they clean it all out and put a hungry tiger in instead. And the the story ends with the tiger pacing back and forth, mm. showing you the futility of man trying to show how bad he has it. So, uh, and, but and that was supposed to be a reflection of nobody was noticing noticing his work as he was writing.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I couldn't get my head around I was like, oh, the part, but it'd be turned into a bug. This is like, because I was so obsessed with special effects. This is how it, like, because we also did The Elephant Man and I played John ah. Merrick. I was like, oh, I'm going to get wow. a big rubber head and a, like, a big club <laughs> arm and foot. No, you have to just play it and play the it. audience I... projects. If your performance right. was good, I guess they'd see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'd have to <laughs> be really good expect, at it. Yeah, I was expecting production design special effects. It's like, no, <laughs> idiot. <laughs> no, no, you no, John hurt for you yeah. You contort your body the same. With metamorphosis you do with john merrick you convey to the audience your disability or your existential dread as you turn into a cockroach with your physicality i don't think i pulled it off in hindsight but hey i'm honest uh, <laughs> there there is a movie that i haven't seen yet
1: it's i believe it's with richard e grant it's a, uh, oh no peter capaldi's in it it's mm. uh, a Fran- Franz kafka's it's a wonderful life <laughs> and i haven't seen it as just the title the title threatens me, saying I just need it's a it's a comedy, and it was it was actually written and directed. Oh, it was rich. I, I stand corrected. I, I, I was right about this. It was written and directed by Peter Capaldi, and it starred Richard E. Grant as fred oh. as
0: Kafka, and co-stars Ken Stott. Okay, well that's good casting. I can see Richard E. Grant doing his like crazed with R- Richard E. Grantness. I think uh, uh, what's his name, Tim Roth, played Gregor Samsa, and I think a teleplay of uh, Metamorphosis as well so ah. yeah
1: wow yeah it's uh anyway, on I'm,
0: youtube i'd imagine
1: i feel yeah I, I i feel bad i haven't watched it it just seems it seems something I, the, the the title was enough to pull me in but it won uh it won a bunch of baftas back in 93
0: i think i always confused it with the william Burroughs naked lunch film with peter ah. weller Obviously, yes. which it wasn't. This is I wasn't. look. You've heard me on the show, listeners. I'm a moron now. Imagine me with 25 years left life experience. I was a complete moron. Well, <laughs> uh, uh,
1: I, I am fascinated in. Yes, this is 1946, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, you know, here, here Butch is saying that uh, you know we, we won't have to worry because we'll all be blown to bits the first day. Um, he is already assuming that other people in the world will have the atomic bomb. In 1946, the only people that we knew were the United States of America that had the atomic bomb. Mm. The, uh, the Russians wouldn't, uh, the Soviets would not, uh, explode a device until 1949, but it was already considered common knowledge. Well, you know, everybody's going to have one of these pretty soon. So, uh, you know, the idea of uh, mutually assured destruction, even before anybody else had the bomb.
0: Nice.
1: Uh, so intriguing, Um, it's, uh, sad, but true. That's, that's the way these things go. Um, I do, uh, I do enjoy the way he, uh, he gets to that last line and he did his little glissando up at the top of the, up at the top of the thing. He just slowly moves his hands down and, uh, says nothing to worry about. We're all going to die. Um, (laughs) It's
0: uh yeah, he was was in a a downer, aren't we? He was (laughs) a he was, was, you
1: know, a half a century ahead of REM. So, you know, there you go. Didn't uh, Cogee
0: fight in the water? Was he involved at all in the war effort or is is he kind of out uh, of that because he was a celebrity at that point?
1: He was I think he was he did entertain the troops and things. I don't think he was actually out there with a you know, they didn't hand him an N fifty and Take on, <laughs> take on island hopping with the Marines. Entertaining
0: but... the troops as I'm assuming he didn't yeah. put on like a little go-go outfit and. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, he wasn't. He
1: wasn't
0: like out the there pin-ups. with, a, you know, swinging. <laughs> Show a, some leg, hoagie. Sw- yeah, sw- swinging a six iron <laughs> with Bob
1: Hope. Yeah, no, and also he's a bit old. I think he's in his. How was he in his forties by then? Uh, he was born in... in.
0: 1899, so yeah. Yeah,
1: so he'd be 46 at the time. A little bit, bit long in the tooth. Although you know, cut not...
0: off for the draft yeah uh i think the cutoff was
1: somewhere around 27 28. okay uh, he was uh yeah a bit old.
0: i mean he could volunteer i would guess do you know what it um, is now jim if you wanted to join you know the army or the navy seals or this or that yeah, yeah uh,
1: they are 18 and a maximum is a maximum i believe is 26. They, okay they might they might look at you if you have previous you know rtc experience but yeah it's very difficult uh, mm. and they really don't want you if you don't have your high school diploma it's having an all volunteer force does have its advantages in that they can be picky about. Who I would they have take. thought,
0: I mean, uh, uh, the last bastion of hope for someone who kind of was from a poorer background or didn't have a college degree was like, "Oh, I'm going to join the armed forces, and I'll get all I need that way."
1: Yeah, I mean, there is a. I mean, you can. I believe you can get a GED, and they'll help you get there. Your recruiter will be more than happy to help you get along in your schooling so that you'll qualify.
0: Yeah, but uh, I always I know... that it would be really good. As in, like, if there's some kind of tearaway kid who's going to go into a life of crime or he's been in trouble a few times, instead of going to prison, you can either go to prison or you can join, you know, the armed force of your choice. Does that happen or is that in my
1: head? That was a a big thing about 20 or 30 years ago. I'm not sure how how prevalent that is. I mean, it It seems like
0: a a good idea to me. If you need to earn character, you need some, like, tough love and discipline to go and get, uh, you know, military training.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, it, 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 was a more, it was a more common thing back in the day, but really yeah. as, as as the specialization has come about, you really need, they really don't have that much use for infantry, but getting into more technical specialties, they right. want to make sure that you, I mean, you don't you don't just walk in and sign me up and they, they hand you a card and say, go, go stand over there and try on a uniform. <laughs> um, a lot of it is uh, you're going to go through a battery of tests. Mm. and and to see what your uh, what your abilities are your math skills your spatial skills your um you know and then your physical if you don't pass the physical they don't want you i i tried to get into the air force when i was uh 20 right. and the problem that i had was i i didn't weigh enough i was too tall for my height right and uh i tried everything i could to like i was eating ice cream sandwiches for lunch and downing you know uh, protein shakes and stuff all that did was just on, make you were me too tall
0: for your height did you just say
1: I'm, yeah that's i'm sorry it's friday <laughs> i'm I've, I've been here forever no i've been too tall for my weight excuse me yes okay i uh i was at uh, i was i was six foot three and i weighed 127 pounds so it was, <laughs> it was just a, bean a, pole. a little bit yeah yeah <laughs> they could have been using me as barbed wire uh so uh that was my only yeah my only job but uh, you played
0: a skexis in the dark crystal
1: yeah it was it was pretty pretty horrifying um the uh I, I was uh one of the yeah one of the ets at the end of uh close encounters the uh
0: <laughs> yeah, the, the big mommy one with the arms
1: <laughs> yeah so the big long arms that was pretty much me i, I just looked like uh, i looked like a stationary crane you know so is
0: that why you went into aerospace because you were like air like aviation anyway and it was another way of being no i i don't think so it's mostly just because it was there and i knew
1: i knew about aerospace i mean I, I studied a lot about it and took math courses and things but i had really good spatial relationships i took a test in uh in the for the air force mm. where you had to figure out whether some whether a plane is coming at you is it above you or below you and you had to fill it out within like 30 seconds and i banged through it and the guy said are you done? i said yeah i'm done and He's like oh it's great and so uh, i did okay on the test it's just physically i wasn't able to is the um... height
0: of facts as well because you have to be quite small to get into some of those like uh well combat yeah you, planes, I oh yeah if you're yes.
1: in, yeah if you're in fighter planes you can't be over six feet so I, I, I always felt bad that i couldn't be an astronaut that i was too tall to be an astronaut and then uh of course after you know when the shuttle came about you could be an astronaut you could be any just about any height right. um and although i i do have a good story my uh, oh
0: because you had to be small enough to get into the lunar modules and things well to fit
1: in the spaces, yeah. my. Uh, uh, a good friend of mine, Captain Wendy Lawrence, she's a, uh, she's a four-time shuttle pilot mm-hmm. or shuttle, shuttle astronaut, but she was, uh, back during, uh, Glasnost and all that when they were setting up, uh, the joint shuttle mirror missions, the Mir space station. Uh, she's, uh, Captain Wendy is a uh, five foot tall, I think just barely five, five foot if her feet are swollen. Um, right. but she's, uh, Uh, She was going to spend. She was going to be one of the first crews to be on the Mir space station, you know, in the Russian, the Russian side, uh, as an American being on being on the space station, and the uh, the Americans. space suits are built so you can swap out the legs and swap out the arms and swap out the torso I was so you say can just... are
0: they not custom for like people or are they just yeah no no they have they have,
1: like, they have like small medium large extra large so they can just if you've got long arms they just stick the long arm space and they screw the on
0: like a, a, a jam jar lid is that correct the legs yeah, and the arms? yeah
1: yeah it's it's like or it's like the bayonet mount on a, on a canon lens on a, on a on a camera it's just like that you put it in and twist and you've got it you've got it connected and that so, creates a
0: seal from the atmosphere
1: yep yeah wow. the whole thing would kick in like that and it would just it would snap shut and uh so it was great but unfortunately she had to be able to fit in what the uh, the russians call the orlan spacesuit you get in from the back there's a zipper on the back and you just put your arms in she could fit in the suit but the problem is her arms could not reach the gloves they yeah. can't, they stopped at like where the wrist was now is and... that
0: because they're kind of like from the elbow to the glove it's like all solid and just turning
1: yeah well the like, the or- the Orlon is one suit. they had small, medium, and large, but even their smallest suits were like for five foot five people, and if you're sure. five foot tall, her arms just weren't long enough to get in there, and because she couldn't fit in the space suit on the Russian uh, space station, it was a safety hazard for her. Right. So, now, was she a fighter
0: uh, pilot or anything aeronautical before she became an she, astronaut? Was
1: yeah, she... she was. She was one of the first women to graduate the Naval Academy in 1983, and oh, she wow. flew. She flew Sea Stallions, the uh, the large helicopters that yeah, land yeah. on carriers and stuff. She's 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 a perfect pilot. She's fantastic for that. So, what happened was she got assigned to the program, and then she got pulled off being on on station. Right. And so she was worried she wouldn't be able to go and all these other things, but. What what they decided was NASA pushed and said, well, she studied for this. She knows all the equipment. She knows all the inventory that we're sending up. All the scientific equipment. So she was boarded boarded on the space on the space shuttle. She couldn't go. She couldn't stay on the she couldn't stay on the station. She couldn't live there. So she couldn't do it for for six months there. But she could spend ten days on the space shuttle and manage all the uh, the, the moving of uh, equipment and supplies and things like that into Mir. Mm. So she, she uh, and she's, she wound up being one of the few human beings that's ever lived or been to more than one space station. She's been to Mir, and she's been to the International Space Station. So, right. and her, it's funny, her call sign for uh, when she's flying a T-38 fighter, <laughs> when she, her, her call sign is too short.
0: So, <laughs> so like she, a Native American name
1: yeah so she's uh yeah too, too short but she's a uh, great uh, she was my uh space physiology teacher when i was working on my master's degree oh and, wow uh, just a she's a just a great great
0: lady and uh
1: really see, really see how f- Jim slipped
0: that in there listeners he's another Funny. overachiever he's got a master's well, as well i got but I, i'm
1: <laughs> no i'm very happy i'm very happy that i had such great teachers. So if i had, had
0: well, people I gonna, like too short i'm like yeah sorry i was gonna say she's been to space like several times then so right uh I know astronauts say they're they're different when they come back from space. It's quite some existential thing they go through. When you've seen the Earth from that distance, then you come back and they're forever changed. Has she discussed with you anything like that, or is it a, is it could all be argued a form of PTSD as well, trying to reassimilate back? <laughs> well, Not, from yeah. what
1: from what I understood from her is that she said that you got you didn't realize how well like when you. Um, when you live in a neighborhood you know every everything, everything that goes on in the neighborhood you know you, oh they've put in a new petrol station down the corner or there, yeah. there's a there's a you know they've changed out the traffic lights or things like that you notice that she said when you're when you're in space, she said you start noticing that about the whole planet you know you know you look down and go oh there's you know and, and even if it's even if it's not north south if it's upside down and stuff you look out the window and say oh there's um you know, there's Uzbekistan, there's uh there's New Zealand, there's yeah. uh northern Canada. And you spot these things but it becomes your entire the entire planet becomes your backyard. It becomes your neighborhood and you become very yeah. familiar with the entire planet. So she said that changed in her. When she looks at a globe, she knows all those places because she's been over them and seen them, uh, you know, while she's sitting there eating, you know, eating her tang or whatever. Um <laughs> So, uh, you know, it, 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 it's that's that's the the cosmic perspective that I've he- heard from a couple of yeah. astronauts that you you feel very much at home with the entire planet. So, yeah. Um, intriguing thoughts. Though. Just, uh,
0: I was going to say uh, uh, before we jump off this and go back to Hoagie and uh, uh, Harold, uh, do ever, love affairs ever occur in these like space station, space shuttle situations or is that verboten? There's, uh, not there's to lower lot, the tone of the show, but how there, would anyone uh, actually pull that kind of stuff off? Well, <laughs> uh, there are
1: there are lots of married there are lots of married astronaut couples now, so uh, I don't that kind of I, committing
0: I to a physical aspect of that union, even that, uh, as partners, yeah, that's, probably not allowed, right?
1: That's all. It's it's well. It's difficult since everybody's in zero gravity, and yeah. so kind of like uh, action and reaction would make it very difficult to us. Uh, not the kind hang, of physics you
0: need inside the station, it's, at least.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's not a it's not an easy thing to accomplish. So no, I don't I can I, imagine I mean, it, it may have been accomplished, but we'll never we'll probably never know. <laughs> or unless you join the astronaut corps you'll find out that's but in the blacked
0: out redacted documents that we don't talk about yes yes it's
1: all it's all buried in a buried in a salt mine next to all these old copies of this movie so um, back to so... the clip jim i was gonna say yeah. uh
0: you've put because you're a genius uh butch is playing a glissandro is that glissandro, a, yeah that glissandro yeah, that, what is that that that, that uh
1: it, it's basically it's just a slide up and down the he's he's playing a a motion it's moving his notes down the uh down the keyboard well i should say he's that's what it says in the script he's supposed to be playing a, a glissando but he doesn't really do that he's it's a it's a kind of a, a going
0: down the so keyboard. it's a descent with my ham-fisted description
1: yeah again it's supposed to be like a just running your thumb down the white keys on a keyboard but what uh hoagie did instead of playing a glissando was he played his own hoagie style end to uh, up a lazy verb. here i'll play it right now
0: that's what it sounds like. Do you think Hoagie had any input, or was this kind of like, "Oh, as we're discussing this scene, uh, William Wyler, the director. I think you know this is this particular song or tune or this descent will help the emotion of the scene theoretically." As you discussed in the last episode, Jim, kind of calming, uh, you know. Yeah, I, I, I think Homer, I,
1: I, I think he. You know, I, I think the uh, the director and you know and the, the screenwriter Robert Sherwood probably sat down with uh hoagie and said here's what we're going to want out of the scene so if you Mm. can play something and and of course since uh since hoagie is getting uh ascap royalties on uh, lazy river he just sure i'll play it any way you want (laughs) that's fine you know so every time you show this movie i'm going to get a nickel so it's better than a jukebox well as Um, as i
0: said before he's still getting nickels now because they're using so many of his songs in uh, modern television shows
1: yeah so the estate is doing quite well um
0: i was gonna say speaking on ptsd in real life and i guess in this movie which is what they're talking about uh, homer's malady or harold's in real life uh this guy's lost his hands uh is there a commonality between amputees of the mental anguish or do you not get that when you know you uh, lose something I... like a limb if not both or these poor people that are like quadruple amputees they've got no arms or legs it would be a fascinating topic. I'm not. Sure. Yeah. I'm assuming that. I'm assuming like that those movie... phantom pains people say when they oh I can still feel my hands even though they're not there and stuff and et cetera. And like I've got like my hands. I feel like my hands on fire. Or I've got this terrible pain in my hand, but there's no actual hand, foot, leg there, et cetera.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm assuming that that, that that that's uh you know that that is a common. It, yeah. It's been talked about in everything from like the Red Badge of Courage and stuff like that. If yeah. you want to go back to to older books, that's a, that that was a common feeling. The uh, that movie that uh, Harold Russell was in before this talks about a lot of the issues. Yeah. That that amputees face, and I'm assuming that that the, oh, written,
0: the, the what is it the the PSA film he did.
1: Right, yeah, yeah. Where, he, where he talks about getting getting through uh, rehabilitation and learning how to use prosthetics. Is that on YouTube, by the way? It's. I'd it like is, to watch it, that when we. It is, up. yeah, yeah. Uh, Diary of a Soldier, I think is the okay. name of it. It was, um,
0: yeah, it's it's out there, and uh, I, I
1: know we've. Put a link of it of it on uh, on our Facebook page, which uh, which is, and is place, that the, the thing
0: the that caught William Wyler's? Sorry, I'm asking too many bloody questions in this episode. But is that what caught William Wyler's eye? It is, isn't it?
1: Uh, it was. It can uh, That was. That's what caught him about Harold Russell. Yeah, the original. How do you go
0: from that to Hollywood? Was it a specific call? Let's go. Hey, see, I always use Edward G. Robinson when I think yeah. of, a <laughs> the of the Hollywood movie of the forces. Meh, get me a real uh, veteran. I want to stand in there without an arm or a leg. Is yeah. that what William yeah. Wallace's goal was, or is it just because yeah, that film pretty much, was yeah, such well, an impact, yeah. it put him, it put Harold Russell on the map, and they went him. I think I think he saw he
1: saw it. He was in Palm Springs and he had seen the movie, and right. he was like as he was taking apart Cantor's um, "Glory." For me, was the name of the free verse uh poem that that he had written. That it uh, was in Saturday Evening by
0: the way, in L.A., which is what I thought of because I'm such a luddite.
1: <laughs> yeah, and so he was, uh you know, he he pulled, you know, he. He pulled that up, and when he had seen when he had seen that the original, the original character that H- Homer was supposed to be is at the time the word was spastic. He was called a spastic, but what that meant was he had um,
0: uh, shell shock, and he would
1: yes. like he, he would be like any time a car backfired or something like that, he'd go you know hide under he'd the have a moment. The, yeah,
0: yeah. I so, think Carlin discussed that. I think we said that in our first episode. It went to shell shock, then combat fatigue, and right. all this other stuff, and they had this florid like lessening of the language perhaps has uh sidelined a lot of the issues these veterans have had because of that this the soft language we now use perhaps
1: yeah and it's you know i mean this is you've you've lost your hand and i, I think the way al said it in uh yesterday's minute that you know he he's lost his hands but you know mm. he doesn't want that to bug bother you because it doesn't bother him yeah. so it, coming across is pretty straightforward saying here's what you want you know here here's Here's his situation, so let's get past all that. And I think, I, I think the way that Harold Russell handled it was pretty much that way. He would yeah. offer his, uh, you know, offer everybody to shake hands with his, uh, with his hook yeah and say you know go ahead it won't bite it's that's that's the way he he reacted in real life so well,
0: i suppose it's almost like uh you know if a person's got some physical issue if they mention it first it kind of lets the air out of the room a bit and it also yeah. means someone can't go oh no what what you know and attack you or say something like you know nasty to you and make yeah. you feel bad you claim it for yourself and remove that protocol or that tension if you will
1: yeah, it's um, I can think of a an example. Um, back in 1976, I saw Rip Torn, yeah. and um, Maureen Stapleton on Broadway in a in the uh, the Glass Menagerie, Tennessee Williams, the Glass Menagerie. Yeah, and uh, Maureen Stapleton had injured her knee, and she had it all. She had had it in a brace and a massive bandage and things, and. Uh, Rip, the way that uh, Rip, Rip Torn plays Tom, who's her son, the, character, uh, the main character of the show, and he comes out and does a dialogue or a monologue uh, to start the show. But when he came out, uh, they just put a spotlight on him and he said, I just want to let you know that Maureen Stapleton has injured her knee and she's wearing a cast and she has a bandage around the cast. Right. Well, now when you, he said, now when you see Ma- Maureen Stapleton come out, I want you to look carefully at her knee. I want you to look carefully at the cast and I want you to look carefully at the bandage. And then I want you to forget all about it.
0: Right. That's right away.
1: sure sure enough that you know I mean she came out everybody was like oh yeah she's got her she's got her cast on. And you know it, it, 3 minutes later you had forgotten completely that she was in a cast and she she actually since she was playing the mother and the mother was elderly she actually used it to play on her um, you know her her the problems going on in her life she kind of leaned into the limp. So, nice. uh, and, and from what I understand, that's uh, uh, Ricardo Montalban did the same thing. Ricardo Montalban was injured many years ago during a western. He injured his uh, he injured his hip, and uh, he had a hard time walking in a straight line. He, he had a hard time getting around. Mm. So, a lot of times you, when you, you see him, him in later say, movies,
0: how do you injure his hip?
1: Uh, I don't know the name of the movie that where he injured his hip, but he he did injure it, and as a result, when you see when you see him, he's usually stationary in a in a movie. It's, and now, I've, I'm sorry if I've ruined all Ricardo Montalban movies for you, <laughs> but he's mostly stationary whenever he appears on screen.
0: Yes, Wrath of Khan, I'm thinking of. He's still got spectacular well, in, chest. You could bounce bullets off there.
1: <laughs> yeah, in, in, uh, in Wrath of Khan, he used that. He used his hip as having a hard time getting around. So after he's been, you know... The injury uh,
0: sustained on Seti Alpha 6 as a younger man, I assume.
1: Yeah, he... in those brawn well, bugs.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he he came he
1: came out uh, at the at the end of this movie. He's dragging himself around the movie uh, uh, around the set of the wrecked ship that he's on, and if if you watch him, he is limping. But it's like that's his natural limp. But yeah. he's not having a problem. He's using he, the character. Yeah, he made it. He made it into the con character. So it's interesting how people can use a disability as Harold Russell does here in uh, in selling his character better performance. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's just it's just great. It's just fascinating that you went from literally a, a, a PSA to <laughs> again, I yeah. keep coming back to this. My head explodes <laughs> that he <you> did that. <laughs> you you go gotta start auditioning him. for more PSAs, that's the total oh, Exactly. Right. I'm <laughs> I'm putting my hands in a uh in a lathe tomorrow yeah. and start doing PSAs. <laughs> I was gonna say, Jim, uh, the the playbill that you mentioned, I've just sent you a link to it. Perhaps you can put it on the uh the listeners page. Uh, when this episode of obviously out, but it was 1975, and you are right, Maureen Stableton, uh, Rip Torn, he directed it as well, I believe. Fascinating. Yes. Yeah. Well, you um, saw pan- that where, on Broadway.
1: Yeah, yeah, I saw that damn. on Broadway. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was uh, a long, long time ago. Was, yes. I, and I... <laughs> it, we're kind of far afield, but yeah, I had... Uh, I, I went to high school in uh, Westchester County, New York, where, near the X-Men, and uh, they... <laughs> <laughs> you are Dr. Xavier's, uh, I, I went to school there, and we had a, uh, there was a pond, an ice pond behind the school, and they would let us skate at uh, lunchtime. If you brought your skates in with you, you'd go skating on the pond. Yeah. And I went out skating, and I was skating backwards, and I fell over, I, I tripped over a girl who was tying her skates out in the middle of the, the, the ice. Now For some memory. reason, she just... Yeah, but I I fell I fell over and I landed on my wrist, oh. and it turned out I had broken my wrist and didn't know it. I went to see the school nurse and she said, "Oh, it's just a bruise. Don't worry about it." And so <laughs> this is, I uh, this is
0: the nineteen forties health regulations yeah, again. <laughs> yeah, it's like shouldn't
1: I get an X ray now? You'll be fine. Have a cigarette,
0: so, son. You'll be fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, rub some nicotine on it. Yeah. <laughs> so it. So anyway, I went to I went to we went to Broadway the next day. It was like it's January of nineteen seventy six was when I saw this and. Uh, The, uh, uh, I saw, I sat while, while Maureen Stapleton was nursing an injured, uh, knee, I was sitting there holding onto my broken wrist without even knowing it was, I was like, wow, this is really sore. So two days later I wound up going to the hospital and getting a, getting a cast done, but it was just like, oh, okay. Um, but that was that's my my two memories of Rip, Rip Torn explaining Maureen Stapleton. Well, that story um, was meant
0: to end is she became your wife. But I guess it yeah.
1: No, oh well. <laughs> no, she's out there somewhere. I, just I don't broke know. What, my
0: well, wrist, Ethan. But thank you for trying to make. Uh, yeah. No, it sounds good. Reality, yeah. uh, all the more yeah. sweet. <laughs>
1: making, yeah, making lemonade—that's the way it is. Yeah. So it's, it didn't didn't play out. But oh well. Um, well, anyway, we've
0: gone too far afield. By the way, I mean, we were talking about amputees, which is what Harold uh, yeah. Russell obviously is. So yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I, I had a strong feeling in my wrist. I can identify with with Homer's pain, but not, you know.
0: Um, What's wow, the badge but, on Harold's chest? Not just his uh, military insignia, which we can get to, but he's got a single badge. Cam- the nearest shoulder, yeah, to the nearest. Yeah, yes, that's
1: that is known as the ruptured duck. That is the uh, uh, honorable discharge. That's a uh, that means he's discharged from the military service, and uh, we'll see that later on in um, uh, when. When Fred confronts the uh, his the uh, his wife's other paramour, his other parent, the other paramour is wearing a ruptured duck. So he's a fellow ex serviceman.
0: Now you can uh, get that from. Is it just injuries that would get you this uh, badge? as it? were? Oh no, no. It's as a, long as you uh,
1: weren't um, court-martialed and drummed out of the service, you would get that on your. Uh, once you left this, once you left military service. That, what that, instances
0: uh, for a moron like me as an example? could you have to be honorably discharged would it be a uh, your wife dying or a, a child being born like let's say your wife died in childbirth yeah yeah the
1: yeah the only the only the only honor i mean honorable discharge means that your military service is at an end you don't need to you know and you're you haven't done anything to dis uh discredit your uniform disgrace so, the uniform yes, Yeah, yeah as long as you weren't like one of the dirty dozen or you're you know <laughs> going to that thing it's it's generally as long as you were acceptably relieved of your um, your service, you, you've discharged your service, you get out. So
0: could Harold Russell have rejoined the services after this, even without the hands? Or uh,
1: that uh, probably not. Uh, they really didn't go in for amputations big back then. I mean, it, it, it kind of disappeared after as World War One came about. They really didn't want you around if you were an amputee.
0: You'd imagine he'd become the post boy for the military again after being in this, this, big film, it's a bit like everyone goes, you know, the, the people joining the air force when top gun came out. Cause it put them on the map. You'd, you'd imagine kind of the military would perhaps use Harold for, you know, various not propaganda research. Yeah. But well, yeah.
1: Life. Bond, you know, us bond drives. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, um, it, it, it's, uh, it's difficult. Uh, so if you, if you, lost your li- the way I'm understanding this uh, at least from what i been reading uh, the the way that the military is running it right. only soldiers who lost their limbs while in the service and regain their abilities in a wounded warrior battalion can re-enlist
0: right okay
1: um so you you can uh, now what what they can do if you if you don't if the the national service won't accept you you can you can join a state militia like the National Guard, so you you might be able to join the you know the Texas State Guard and right. uh, direct traffic or something. So it's. Um, <laughs> Did he you see know, the it... actual
0: action, uh, Harold?
1: No, he was a tra- he he was a trainer. He he was train he was training in North Carolina, right? And uh, he lost his hands on D Day. That you know while everybody else was invading Normandy, he was explaining how to use munitions. And unfortunately, one of the munitions he picked up uh, you know, caught a spark and blew up, and it blew sure. up in his
0: hands. He joined but, after Pearl Harbor, though, didn't he? Is that my understanding? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was an early one in. That was his. And, uh, did he have any pro- actual damage to his torso or legs because this thing going off?
1: I I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know the the extent. I mean, I know it went his off. Face his face is arms, okay.
0: But... He's he's like you know, his face is perfect.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it didn't uh, didn't affect him there. So it's. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just it's just, just tragic, and he does seem like uh, he does seem like a good in instructor. He seems like a great. I, I think he'd be able to convey stuff easily to people. Yeah, and as as his later career as a spokesman for um, the Disabled American Veterans, you know, being president of that, he obviously had to do a lot of speaking tours. So uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just it's just it's a shame that he didn't get to have the career he could have had. Um, just because William Wyler thought nobody wants to see an amputee on the screen.
0: <laughs> I still can't believe that. It's like, thanks, kid. Yeah. Now get out of here with your Oscars.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, Scotty got the job and he was missing a finger that he lost on D-Day. Just like Harold Russell. So yeah, um, yeah but it's like what you he's...
0: said. I'm sure they could have, you know, slotted him into various other, uh, you know, things. He could have been in sci-fi or something. I mean, that sounds a bit grim, but uh, there would certainly be work for him, I'd imagine
1: yeah so it's and i have to win an
0: oscar it's just like I, again we said this before two episodes back was it the studios would be falling over themselves to put this guy in things i think because of i'm sure the oscar win is does you know a thing as big a thing probably even bigger than i would imagine james like, oh he won an oscar let's get, let's get him in a movie yeah
1: yeah but the, but yeah it, it's they've put him in a situation where they treated him like an extra yeah and if, if you see all the all the publicity, and I've, I've been posting publicity stills on uh, on our website on on Facebook page yep. for Butch's Place. Uh, all the publicity stills, they leave Harold Russell out. The two people missing are Harold, are, are Homer and Wilma. Are, mm. That story isn't even shown on there. Um, you, you know, it's it's like Virginia Mayo gets more get gets more uh, poster space than anybody else, and she's in the movie for only like four scenes, so. It's yeah, it's just mind-boggling. <laughs> um, but uh, you just want to, you just want you want to get a time machine, go back in, and say, "Look, Harold, Harry, whatever they call you, get an yeah. agent."
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I, again, I just think all those things would have been assigned to him in the yeah. the natural process of one being involved in this film, and it being a massive success. The second to any Gone with the Wind in that ten-year, decade period in the forties. Or thirty nine to then rather, and uh, I would have thought all those things would have fallen in place. Yes, the hands may be a problem, but surely it's 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 movies, yeah. isn't it? They can work. Yeah, out I mean
1: stuff. it could have. I mean it was only twenty years later. It could have been a Bond villain. But, uh, it's, you know, it's it's there's so much obvious stuff, and that's that's got to be. I would think uh live and let die the guy working the oh yeah guy, that was like the absolute yeah, yeah, yeah. Wor- <laughs> the that was red... the worst yeah that was absolutely the worst amputation hook thing i've ever seen in a movie i, I don't know if anybody's <laughs> talking about this yet but it's just uh, it's like here hold this in your hand and we'll we'll make the sleeve extra long okay <laughs> nobody will know
0: uh, oh i love it
1: wow well uh well here we are leaving uh Leaving Homer and and uh, and dear dear uh, Uncle Butch on a on cliffhanger, their, uh, yeah, cliffhanger as it were. But it's uh, uh Al comes over and it's like, hey, uh, Hoagie. Well, he'll, he'll, Monday he's gonna ask for another for another song that Hoagie Carmichael might might know. <laughs> play, can you play Stardust? You ever hear that song, Stardust? Yeah.
0: sweetie, um, they'll be playing it until twenty twenty one in television yeah. <laughs> shows, and movies across <laughs> the land.
1: Yes, the Carmichael estate will be raking raking it in.
0: So uh, uh, before we sign off, I was going to say Nat King Cole is just the singer of that song. He's not a co-writer or a you know few right. ideas hither and thither. It's or Hoagie. Hoagie
1: Hoagie is the songwriter. There. Yeah, the lyric. The lyrics are just amazing. It's. Just I need so... to Google
0: if Nat King Cole wrote some of his own songs. Now I'm sure he did, but I'll uh, yeah. we'll look nonetheless. I found that uh, film by the way. Uh, Diary of a Sergeant. There we go. Ah, the, Yeah, Diary of a Sergeant. Ampity. It's on Periscope film. If you type in "listeners go on YouTube," if you don't want to go on. Or you—it's on. You just said it's on uh, Butch's place, right? On Facebook, right? Yeah, we have there we have a link up there, and I'll yeah.
1: I'll, I'll repost it for uh, for a minute forty here, just to scroll make sure. Scroll down. Sees
0: it again. I'll scroll up, and you'll see it. Diary of a Sergeant. It's called World War Two, Rehabilitation. Rehabil- oh God, I'm doing it again. Rehabilitation. <laughs> My tongue's been amputated. I'm sorry. Rehabilitation <laughs> of an amputee. Uh, it's on the U.S. National Archive. It's on uh, U.S. patriotism. And it's on Periscope Film. So it's like all over the internet like a rash on YouTube.
1: Yeah. And if you watch that, you'll have seen two-thirds of, uh, of Harold Russell's uh, film, uh, filmography. <laughs> oh, with, God. With, with his third one being, if you haven't seen Inside Moves, that's Inside
0: Moves with uh, Oh, he's John... in that
1: he's in that he's one of the bar one of the guys at the bar the denizens of the bar
0: now but as i'm as my gift do you know any information on inside moves why it's in there or uh, who brought him back and why because I do, not, his amp, his, his... I,
1: I, I do not know other than somebody must somebody must love uh the best years of our lives to get yeah, him on i remember
0: it... now you said this when we first started this uh this journey 10 episodes ago it's uh john savage isn't it
1: John Savage, that's yes. right. I keep thinking John Voigt. No, the other the other blonde guy.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, is that coming home? I mean it's a similar thing, isn't it? The John Voigt one. Yeah, that that's yeah. true.
1: Yes. Um but it's yeah, it's uh I mean, it's about a bunch of guys who are disabled vets who talk to a guy who tried to commit suicide and failed and wound up uh being paral- partially paralyzed. Yeah. Um but David interesting. Morris, uh an interesting movie i i don't i haven't seen it in 20 years but it. uh i'm sure it still holds up very good film if you get to I, these are all these films that i wonder why they don't show up all the time uh inside moves is just a, a very intriguing film
0: yeah well, uh, i was having and... this discussion with my friend it's just like there's so much content now and so many avenues for new things and all this new stuff coming out constantly constantly I think a lot of classic films now are just lost in time or down the memory hole or this or that and stuff it's uh
1: it's, yeah it's madness it's
0: social media plus all these streaming channels plus all these other avenues to get entertainment from i think uh again there's a, an entire endless library of film that's lost on you know not just modern audiences but even people like us trying to keep up oh i haven't seen that film for, for ages and then you got to try and find it and stuff and, and yeah, yeah, yeah and they they don't they
1: there's so few Outlets for—I mean, d- despite all these different all these different platforms, mm. uh, there's still gatekeepers out there that hold off. I mean, you don't get to see—you were—you are were saying earlier the Elephant Man. How when's the last time you saw the Elephant Man on television, or oh, um,
0: yeah. things like My Favorite Year, or um, Not, again like to turn of classic movies? But I mean, that's probably too modern isn't it for TCM the elephant Man. It's I, 1980. I,
1: yeah I, I don't know if they'd have it on there or you know things, show you know great australian shows like a, like breaker moran or the last wave or yeah.
0: you know it, there's so much out there and that's a criterion it, film as well i that's on the criterion label breaker moran i think ah uh, breaker yeah breaker moran ronald
1: reagan's favorite movie <laughs> um it was, it was, Rambo it was too. and it's it's ripping i mean if you if you've never seen it it's well worth well worth your while to hunt down breaker moran yeah okay um
0: and That's uh, well like that. I know he loved Rambo too as well, didn't that? that was part of his presidential campaign, I think, back in the day. He yeah, the it, Rambo it, imagery. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so oh far Ronnie. long ago. Uh wow, well, uh Ethan, thank you again for having me on for your for your stint on the show. I it's, want to thank uh, you,
0: Jim. Again, like I rarely people rarely dust me off to be on their shows. And uh I always say yes to Jim. Because I learn a lot, and it's always a pleasure uh, co-piloting into oblivion with you, Jim. And uh, I'm, I've rather enjoyed myself. I'm almost sad to say it's uh, it's going away. I, I, like again, if if anything goes wrong with the show right. out there, anyone connected to this show or making it, get me and Jim back, and we'll we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll sort it out. But yeah. we're going yeah. to hand over. Who's the next you... minute? People we're yeah. handing over to.
1: Yeah, if uh, I'm not sure who come. Oh, I, I actually I think it's Father David Maori is coming up next, and he's going to be doing some uh, solo shots with a bunch of uh, a bunch of different people who didn't get on the show. Who didn't, oh. who didn't? they either signed up or they signed up too late. So I don't know if he's finished all of his episodes. He also uh,
0: runs. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. This is uh, was, the, who the still best, outranked best me by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Father Father David Maori will be joining us uh, nec- uh, next next. Uh, week for uh, for us but uh, we're, we'll be we'll be pausing here uh one thing we didn't get to ask if uh we hardly ever ask for this but if you could go out and subscribe and s- all the things that people tell you to do when you're when, when you're trying to get a show going uh if you could leave a, a five-star review or you know write something down on our on our apple podcast version of the show out for the best minutes. Um, that always helps people find these shows. Yep.
0: Uh, people Puts read reviews the reviews and believe. It's it easier to find, of course. And uh, yeah, the the reviews and the five stars do jump you up uh, in the yeah. league table. So please, listeners, uh, go and do that. Now, you can find this show, among others, on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and the main site, thebestminutes.com. Uh, the best minute, not best minutes, thebestminutes.com. If you want to discuss anything we've talked about in this show or the past 10, or berate me for being an awful co-host. I don't blame you, thank you. Uh, You can discuss all that stuff at Butch's Place, The Best Years of Our Lives, Listener's Cafe, uh, which is on YouTube and, of course, Twitter, or, again, as I said, at thebestminutes.com. And, lastly but not leastly, uh, if you've enjoyed this show, you can find me obviously on the Two Minute Terminator on YouTube, which I did uh, five Terminator films. Uh, if you've got a fan or uh, are a fan of a film that's out there that you don't think has been covered, you're probably wrong. There's 180 films uh, within the movies by minute family. So anything obscure or anything to the biggest move of all time if it's one of your favorite films uh it's probably out there so that's where you can find me that's where you can find the other shows and of course you can find this show just to let you know at thebestminutes.com jim before we sign off uh where can people find you and all your stuff
1: you can find me at uh, at dot com, where uh, all my I, I try to keep a connection up there. But I, I, there's more stuff that I keep wandering off on. So if <laughs> if it's not up to date, you can find most of the other stuff. And by the time you finish with all the other things I've done, uh, I'll probably have the new the newest links up there. Uh, and uh, we're celebrating the 25th anniversary of TVDads.com. I am unfortunately the uh, the, the cobblers' children. It, it gets a lot of <laughs> neglect from me, but I am I'm re- I'm redoing the site, so I'm I'm up uploading all the. Uh, uh, I think I'm up to the 90s. I'm doing the 2000s now, so I'll be only ten years behind. Have you thought of posting behind.
0: these on YouTube as well, or as a place to as a all for them? Because they might catch some heat there as well. If it's a different platform, that's uh, and things. Yeah. Too.
1: Yeah, it's it, it's it's
0: out there. I'm just like I, the old asteroid interview and stuff like that. Yeah, I've got to I've got to
1: find um, I've got to find time to sit down and get it all sorted out. But after after I finish this silly project, that's. <laughs> That's my next thing for the summer is just get get that all, all out of the way. That'll so be a holiday at for Jim, the... by the way.
0: <laughs> Probably less work. <laughs> I always imagine wow. you as Atlas, Jim, and there's just this endless shows. There's this globe on your back, and you're just balancing and just like sweat dripping off you into oblivion. It, it's more more like
1: Sisyphus. I just I kind of keep pushing the thing up the hill and it comes back down. <laughs> it's it's always it's always something like... A, Kill the, the way, our, our shows
0: record long compared to the others? Because we always say kind of, oh, we'll go for 15 or 20 minutes, and we always end up going 40, 35. This is 45.
1: <laughs> it's, it's 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 the best best years of our lives effect. I mean, it's like you watch a three-hour movie. you got to talk at least 45 minutes about it.
0: <laughs> I agree. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, well, look, I've had a great time. Thank you, of course, Jim. It's lovely working with you again hopefully uh we'll meet again hopefully if i'm not on this show there'll be a future one and again uh, folks if you've listened to us this far thank you so much and uh, we'll be back well i won't be but think of me as you listen to someone else's show <laughs> uh hopefully you'll hear from me uh, sometime in the near future hopefully as i said on this show or perhaps a future one jim O'Kane. Thank you for this opportunity. It's been lovely working with you again, as always. Likewise, and, and, it's, uh, it's yeah. always a pleasure. Never, never have a hard time making these
1: episodes. We with landed
0: you. the plane. The wings are on fire, but by God, we landed on both wheels and we're okay. Huzzah! Get the fire chiefs. I need a coffee <laughs> or a Chesterfield, in fact. <laughs> bye, everyone. We love you. Thank you. Bye, bye. Joe, you better hurry up out there because she's taking off soon. Right. Thanks. Come on, Taylor.